0: O Passes to India, Chapter 37 Friends again, yet aware that they could meet no more, Aziz and Fielding went for their last ride in the Mao jungles. The floods had abated and the Raja was officially dead, so the guest house party were departing next morning, as decorum required. What with the morning and the festival, the visit was a failure. Spilling had scarcely seen Godbully, who promised every day to show him over the King-Emperor George V High School, his main objective, but always made some excuse. This afternoon, Aziz let out what had happened. The King-Emperor had been converted into a granary, and the Minister of Education did not like to admit this to his former principal. The school had been opened only last year by the agent to the governor-general, and it still flourished on paper. He hoped to start it again before its absence was remarked, and to collect its scholar before they produced children of their own. Fielding laughed at the tangle and waste of energy, but he did not travel as lightly as in the past. Education was a continuous concern to him, because his income and the comfort of his family depended on it. He knew that few Indians think education good in itself, and he deplored this now on the widest grounds. He began to say something heavy on the subject of native states, but the friendliness of Aziz distracted him. This reconciliation was a success anyhow. After the funny shipwreck, there had been no more nonsense or bitterness, and they went back laughingly to their old relationship as if nothing had happened. Now they rode between jolly bushes and rocks. Presently the ground opened in full sunlight, and they saw a grassy slope, bright with butterflies, also a cobra, which crawled across doing nothing in particular, and disappeared among some custard and apple trees. There were round white clouds in the sky and white pools on the earth. The hills in the distance were purple. The scene was as park-like as England but did not cease being queer. They drew rain to give the cobra elbow room and Aziz produced a letter that he wanted to send to Miss Quested. A charming letter. He wanted to thank his old enemy for her fine behavior two years back. Perfectly plain was it now that she had behaved well. As I fell into our largest mouth tank, under circumstances our other friends would relate. I thought how brave Miss Quested was and decided to tell her so, despite my imperfect English. To you, I am happy here with my children instead of in a person. Of that I make no doubt. My children shall be taught to speak of you with the greatest affection and respect. Miss Quested will be greatly pleased. I am glad you have seen her courage at last. I want to do things. Kind- actions all round and wipe out the wretched business of the marabar forever i have been so disgracefully hasty thinking you meant to get hold of my money as bad a mistake as the cave itself aziz i wish you would talk to my wife she too believes that the marabar is wiped out how so i don't know perhaps she might tell you she won't tell me she has ideas i don't share Indeed, when I am away from her, I think them ridiculous. When I am with her, I suppose because I am fond of her, I feel different. I feel half dead and half blind. My wife's after something. You and I and Miss Quested are, roughly speaking, not after anything. We jog on as decently as we can. You a little in front an laudable little party. But my wife is not with us. What are you meaning? Is Stella not faithful to you, Cyril? This fills me with great concern. Fielding hesitated. He was not quite happy about his marriage. He was passionate physically again. The final flare up before the clinkers of middle age. And he knew that his wife did not love him as much as he loved her. And he was ashamed of pestering her but during the visit to mao the situation had improved there seemed a link between them at last that link outside either participant that is necessary to every relationship in the language of theology their union had been blessed he could assure aziz that stella was not only faithful to him but likely to become more so and trying to express what was not clear to himself. He added dully that different people had different points of view. If you won't talk about the Marabar to Stella, why won't you talk to Ralph? He is a wise boy, really, and he writes a little behind her, though with her, her. Tell him also, I have nothing to say to him, but he is indeed a wise boy and has always one Indian friend. I partly love him because he brought me back to you to say goodbye, for this is goodbye, sir, though to think about it will spoil our right and make us sad. No, we won't think about it. He too felt that this was their last free intercourse. All the stupid misunderstandings had been cleared up, but socially they had no meeting place. He had thrown in his lot with Anglo-Indian by marrying a countrywoman and he was acquiring some of its limitations and already felt surprised at his own past heroism. Would he today defy all his own people for the sake of a stray Indian? Aziz was a memento, a trophy. They were proud of each other, yet they must inevitably part and anxious to make what he could of This last afternoon, he forced himself to speak intimately about his wife, the person most dear to him. He said, from her point of view, Mao has been a success. It calmed her. Both of them suffer from restlessness. She found something soothing, some solution of her queer troubles here. After a silence, myriads of kisses around them as the earth drew the water in, he continued, do you know anything about this Krishna business? My dear champ, officially they call it Gokul Ashtami. All the state offices are closed, but how else should it concern you and me? Gokul is the village where Krishna was born. Well, more or less born, for there the same hovering between it and another village as between Bethlehem and Nazareth. What? I want to discover is its spiritual side, if it has one. It is useless discussing Hindus with me. Living with them teaches me no more. When I think I annoy them, I do not. When I think I don't annoy them, I do. Perhaps they will sack me for tumbling onto their doll's house. On the other hand, perhaps they will double my salary. Time will prove. Why so curious about them? It's difficult to explain. I never really understood or liked them, except an occasional scrap of gourd bully. Does the old fellow still say, come, come? Oh, presumably. Fielding sighed, opened his lips, shut them, then said, with a little laugh, I can't explain, because it isn't in words at all. But what do my wife and her brother, like Hinduism, though They take no interest in its forms. They won't talk to me about this. They know I think a certain side of their lives is a mistake and are shy. That's why I wish you would talk to them, for at all events, you are Oriental. Aziz refused to reply. He did not want to meet Stella and Ralph again, knew they didn't want to meet him, was incurious about their secrets and felt good old Cyril to be a bit clumsy, something not a sight, but a sound fitted past him and caused him to re-read his letter to Miss Quester. Hadn't he wanted to say something else to her? Taking out his pen, he added, For my own part, I shall henceforth connect you with the name that is very sacred in my mind, namely Mrs. Moore. When he had finished, the mirror of this scenery was shattered, the meadow disintegrated into butterflies. A poem about Mecca... The Kaaba of Union, the thorn bushes where pilgrims die before they have seen the friend. They flittered next, he thought, of his wife. And then the whole semi-mystic, semi-sensuous, overturn, so characteristic of his spiritual life, came to end like a landslip and rested in its due place. And he found himself riding in the jungle with his dear Cyril. Oh, shut up. He said, don't spoil our last hour with foolish questions. Leave Krishna alone and talk about something sensible. They did. All the way back to Mao, they wrangled about politics. Each had hardened since Chandrapur and a good knockabout proved enjoyable. They trusted each other, although they were going to part perhaps because they were going to part. Fielding had no further use of politeness, he said, meaning that the British Empire really can't be abolished because it's rude. Aziz retorted very well and we have no use for you and glared at him with abstract hate Fielding said away from us Indians go to seed at once look at the king emperor high school look at you forgetting your medicine and going back to charms look at your poems jolly really good poem I am getting published Bombay side yes and what do they see free our women and India will be free Try it, my lad. Free your own lady in the first place, and see who will wash Ahmed, Karim, and Jamila's faces. A nice situation. Aziz grew more excited. He rose in his stirrups and pulled at his horse's head in the hope it would rear. Then he should feel in a battle. He cried, "Clear out, all you turtles and burdens! We wanted to know you ten years back. Now it's too late. If we see you and sit on your committees." It's for political reasons. Don't you make any mistake. His horse did rear. Clear out, clear out, I say. Why are we put to so much suffering? We used to blame you. Now we blame ourselves. We grow wiser. Until England is in difficulties, we keep silent. But in the next European war, aha, aha, then is our time. He paused and the scenery, though it smiled, fell like a gravestone on any human hope, they cantered past a temple to Hanuman. God so loved the world that he took monkey's flesh upon him and passed a sevayat temple, which invited to lust, but under the semblance of eternity, its obscenities bearing no relation to those of our flesh and blood. They splashed through butterflies and frogs, great trees with leaves like. Blades rose among the brushwood. The divisions of daily life were returning. The shrine had almost shut. Who do you want instead of the English? The Japanese? Jeered, Fielding, drawing rain. No, the Afghans, my own ancestors. Oh, your Hindu friends will like that, won't they? It will be arranged. A conference of oriental statesmen. It will be indeed arranged. Old story of... We will rob every man and rape every woman from Peshawar to Calcutta. I suppose which you get some nobody to repeat and then quote every week in the pioneer in order to frighten us into retaining you. We know. Still, he couldn't quite fit in Afghans at Mao. And finding he was in a corner made his horse rare again until he remembered that he had or ought to have a motherland. Then he shouted, India sh- be a nation. No foreigners of any sort. Hindu and Muslim and Sikh and all shall be one. Hurrah! Hurrah for India! Hurrah! Hurrah! India is a nation. What an apotheosis. Last corner, comer to the drab 19th century sisterhood. Waddling in at this hour of the world to take her seat. She, whose only peer was the Holy Roman Empire. She shall rank with Gautmala and Belgium, perhaps. Fielding mocked again, and Aziz, in an awful race, danced this way and that, not knowing what to do, and cried down with the English, anyhow. That's certain. Clear out, you fellow, double quick, I say, we may hate one another, but we hate you most. If I don't make you go, Ahmed will, Karim will, if it's fifty-five hundred years, we shall get rid of you. Yes, we shall drive every blasted Englishman into the sea. And then he rode against him furiously, and then he concluded, half-kissing him, you and I shall be friends. Why can't we be friends now, said the other, holding him affectionately. It's what I want. It's what you want. But the horses didn't want it. They swerved apart. The earth didn't want it, sending up rocks through which riders must pass single file. The temples, the tanks, the jail, the palace, the birds, the carry-on, the guest house that came into view as they issued from the gap and saw Mao beneath. They didn't want it, they said in their hundred voices no not yet and the sky said no not there we 1924